Refugee Radio, 855 AM, 3CR. We want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land who we are broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and respect the elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. Welcome to Refugee Radio this week on 3CR on 855am or on 3cr.org.au. First of all, I wanted to thank everybody for supporting Refugee Radio throughout Radiothon and also 3CR, the whole station. Uh, if you haven't paid up your your uh, money, then please do so. Uh, and of course, we can always use some extra if you have any available. So you can look up that on the 3CR website, so that's 3cr.org.au. So we're going to start uh, the program today just with a little bit of news from over in Europe. So this is from Poland, but it is actually about some Belarusian anarchist seeking asylum in Poland. If you're not aware of the situation there uh, in Belarus, there had been a so-called election last year, and ever since that election had been seen as uh, a fraudulent election, which it seemed to have been happening there for quite some time. There's been a lot of protests and uh, arrests and detainment and torture and things like this uh, throughout the general population of Belarus and especially those who went out to protest in the streets for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, I just wanted to bring people's attention to uh, the situation for, again, these Belarusian anarchists who are seeking, seeking asylum in Poland. And they've spoken out about a situation where they had some Polish border guards, or so they identified themselves as Polish border guards, informing them of urgent an urgent situation where uh, there was some safety issues for them around neo-Nazis, uh, trying to find them or concerning threats to them from neo-Nazis. Uh, but it seems that that all may also be false and there's uh, some quite big concerns for these Belarusian anarchist activists who are seeking asylum in Poland. So if we hear any updates about that, we will let people know on the show. You can read the whole article on freedomnews.org. UK and we're going to just play a bit of a track for these uh, two Belarusian anarchists who are sharing their story. So we are going to play a song by a Belarusian band who actually are now living in Russia due to safety concerns, though Russia is not specifically uh, safer than Belarus specifically. But we're going to hear this song in Belarusian called Freedom Belarus by, by Lapids Dresko. Please have a listen. Европейские меты, жабы ты черти богат. 
забылает, дало не дружить. Тех полевничий там убежить, погоня пова. Too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. So we're back on Refugee Radio and we just heard a song, Freedom Belarus by Levitz Trivetsko. So they're a Belarusian band. We're just playing that for, as we mentioned before, the Belarusian anarchist asylum seekers having some troubles in Poland. So we're going to continue the show. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, two recordings in support of 
Tanika and Kobika, the two sisters of Priya, and that's the Tamil family who are now in Perth but had previously been on Christmas Island. So we're going to first be listening to a story by Andy Griffiths for the family. I am Princess Kopika. I have long hair. I'm wearing a tutu. I climb outside the window to see my friends in my little cubby house in a tree. It is a princess cubby house. I like to watch TV all the time. I like writing. I ride a unicorn. She is my pet. I also have a little pet dragon. It doesn't have any fire. The unicorn and the dragon are best friends. I have a baby sister called Tanika. There is a lovely queen called Priya and a lovely king called Nardes. Um, my name is Peter Coombe and I'm an Australian children's singer and songwriter. And I believe it's your fourth birthday today. So I'd like to sing you a song to wish you a very happy fourth birthday. And I believe this is one of your favourites. In fact, maybe even your very favourite. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you finish off with. It's called When Mr. Pickardier came for lazy silly game. All the kids in the street, they like to do the same. Wash your face in orange juice, wash your face in orange juice. Clean your teeth with bubble gum, clean your teeth with bubble gum. Fix the fence with sticky tape, fix the fence with sticky tape. When Mr. Pickardier came for lazy silly game. All the kids in the street, they like to do the same. So, I hope you have a lovely day today, and I'm very much hoping that you and your family will be back in Biloela very, very soon. Bye-bye. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM. Welcome back to Refugee Radio and that was a song for Tanika for her birthday a few weeks ago and as I mentioned there was two recordings there for the family and now we're going to be listening to a interview from the Tamil Refugee Council that was recorded by Asia Pacific Currents show on 3CR which you can hear every Saturday from 9 to 9.30. Please 
Joining us this morning is Aaron Milvaganam from the Tamil Refugee Council to talk about the developments in the case of the Billawilla family uh, and their community detention in Western Australia. Welcome to the program, Aaron. Oh, thank you for having me, Giselle. Um, I think most of our listeners and, and probably the broader uh, 3CR community will have been following this issue, so we don't necessarily need to rehash the um, medical uh, evacuation from Christmas Island and the community detention in, in Western Australia. But we do know that they've recently been issued with um, a bridging visa. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about where things are at now, and what that means for the campaign. Yeah, so the minister announced this week uh, that uh, the family would be granted a three-month bridging uh, visa, but that's only for three members of the family. Tarunika, the, the youngest child, is still in community detention, which means the rest of the family is in community detention. Uh, the application for a bridging visa for Tarunika was, um, uh, was uh, denied. Um, and, um, and and so, you know, the family continues to be in community uh, detention because of Tarunika's conditions, and, and they're still unable to get to uh, Bila Villa. Um, and also, this three-month bridging visa, a lot of people in the community get uh, similar type of visas. Um, with the three-month visa, it's very difficult to go and get a job, even though you have work rights. Uh, and, and you wouldn't be entitled to any centralized benefits either. Um, and if, even if employees give you a, a job, after three months, if the government takes a long time to grant you another bridging visa, uh, you have to give up your job and, and have to look for another job uh, once you have another bridging visa. Uh, so, you know, the families. Uh, Families, um, you know, still facing uncertainty, uh, and that threat of deportation hasn't gone away. Uh, Minister is still determined to send this family back to Sri Lanka um, when they exhaust all the options uh, in the in the courts. I I've noticed that the campaign has uh, shifted the conversation now to actually discuss the. Um, dangers of Tamils being returned to Sri Lanka. What can you what can you say about that? Well, the situation in Sri Lanka is bad for Tamils. Uh, and and Puriya nowadays, uh, you know, they face uh, danger as well if they get deported uh, back to Sri Lanka. And, and we're hoping the attention that this family has received helps us uh, you know, helps us uh, uh, raise awareness about the dangers Tamils uh, face uh, in Sri Lanka. Uh, recently, a UK tribunal found that uh, uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade report uh, that is used to assess Tamil asylum claims uh, is, a, is a flawed report. It doesn't recognise the fact that torture is still practised by uh, the Sri Lankan uh, state. Uh, and um, uh, and it basically said that uh, this report shouldn't be used to uh, assess uh, Tamil asylum claims. Australian government, you know, continue to use this uh, report. This is a report that has denied Puriyanade's protection visa, and and, and continue to deny uh, other Tamils' uh, protection uh, visas as well. Uh, we want the the 
Australian government to recognise uh, the current human rights situation in Sri Lanka, and that is uh, the Rajapaksas who were responsible for mass murders in 2009 are back in power, and, and they're terrorising people in the north and east. Uh, there is a military occupation uh, in the in the Tamil homeland. For every six Tamil, there is an army member present. Just two weeks ago, we had uh, a young Tamil boy murdered uh, by uh, police uh, in custody. Um, and and then, you know, land grabbing is continuing. The the military is involved in uh, civilian affairs. They're even running primary schools uh, in in the north. Um, you know, the, the life is uh, quite um, um, quite scary for Tamils uh, in, in, in the nor- northern east, and, uh, and we want the Australian government to recognise it. Uh, so far, over the last uh, 10, 12 years, under Labour and Liberals, uh, Australian governments have, uh, um, have uh, appeased the, the Sri Lankan uh, 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 rulers down there uh, by, you know, giving financial aid, uh, donating Navy ships, and, and, and recently Scott Morrison donated drones to stop Tamils from fleeing that uh, island. Um, uh, you know, rather than aiding genocidal regimes down there, uh, we want the Australian government to recognise the, the reality for Tamils in Sri Lanka. Well, um, hi, Aaron, this is Pierre. You've, you've really described it quite well, the hellhole that um, northern and east uh, Sri Lanka is. I just want to um, bring it back to here, to the, the family, the Biloela family here. And you mentioned at the start about the Tharunika has not been given a, a bridging visa by the rest of the family, and so she's still in community detention. I can only guess that is a planned, um, thought-out strategy to sort of say, oh, well, the family has got it, but one hasn't, so they'll, they'll have to remain attached to community detention. I, I presume that's the reason that that has happened. Um, look, it's, we can only assume uh, what, what, they, what they're trying to do. It's, uh, we, you know, I can't say anything with certainty. The legal team is looking at getting a bridging for Tarnika, uh, and there are uh, there are lots of work uh, going on behind the, the scene. Um, I'm hoping that in the next uh, week or two, this family will get the visa uh, uh, and, and go back to Villa Villa and, and continue with the fight. One thing is very clear. The government is not going to issue permanent residency to this family unless they feel the pressure and, and they they... You know, everything that they have done so far is because of the public pressure, but it hasn't been enough uh, to uh, to force the government to grant permanent residency to this family. Um, uh, you know, whatever the outcome is in the next uh, week or two, I doubt it'll be uh, an outcome that we're looking for, but hopefully uh, it'll be some sort of a temporary uh, relief. I I think that assessment is I, I I share that assessment with you, Aaron. That um, everything that has been won or gained in this case has been because of the community pressure. I did, from my point of view, and I'm curious about your thoughts about this, I felt that it was actually quite a successful manoeuvre on behalf of the government to issue the. Um, 
bridging visas and the um, evacuation to the to mainland Australia, although it was Perth, because if from what I could tell, it took the wind out of the campaign that it actually deflated some of the community pressure. How do you build from here to keep the momentum going? Uh, so that the family can actually be returned to Billawilla, where the community wants them, um, and and where where they belong. Yeah, so you know you're right uh, that uh, the the government's uh, move to uh, you know government's decision to move this family uh, from Christmas Island to Perth was on the back of uh, public pressure. It it was never about uh, caring about this little child. Uh, over the last three years, we've been telling uh, politicians uh, that, uh, you know, detention life is hurting these children. And and there were many medical reports which confirmed that. Uh, but despite, uh, you know, such knowledge, politicians continue to keep uh, this family and, and, the, and, the, and the children uh, in detention. And the only reason they moved them is to... Uh, is to weaken uh, the the support this family has, you know, or make the the public attention go away. And uh, any decision that uh, you know they're going to make uh, regarding this family is going to be on the back of uh, public uh, pressure. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm not sure about how we go uh, from uh, here. Um, uh, the campaign. You know, the way I see it, the campaign has been quite successful in, uh, in, in stopping this family, uh, uh, facing deportation. Like, it will be very difficult for the government to remove this family now. Um, there will be so much outrage in the, in the community. Uh, it's a matter of how we bring a permanent solution to this family now, but also, what do we do with the attention this family has uh, managed to generate? You know, there are hundreds of other refugees in similar situations, hundreds of refugee families in similar situations, you know, who have exhausted all the options. How do we turn this into a win for everyone? Uh, we, we, you know, we have started the conversation about how Australia's refugee policies are hurting people, um, that conversation needs to continue in a way that it leads to Australian government, um, uh, you know, abandoning uh, its stop the boards policy. Uh, it leads to Australian government shutting down all the, the detention centres. You know, we can't just this this uh, campaign. Um, when Tamil Refugee Council started it, it was never about this one family. It was always about. Uh, everyone else. It's not about this exceptional uh, circumstance. It's, uh, you know, it's how Australia's refugee policy is destroying uh, so many other people's uh, lives. And, um, and, and it, it was always about ending that. Yeah, it, uh, absolutely, Aaron, and thank you so much for um, sh- shifting the the gaze. Just in the last minute before uh, we have to end the show, there is an action coming up in July. Let's just get those details out so people can attend. On 10th of July, we have a National Day of Action uh, across all the major capital cities, uh, and we are calling on the Australian government to recognise that Sri Lanka is not safe for Tamils and uh, and not deport any Tamils back to Sri Lanka. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for your time on the show. 
Thanks. Thanks for having me. That was. Hi, this is Rafiv Ziada, and you're listening to 3CR Pro Palestinian Happily Proud Radio. You're listening to Refugee Radio on 3CR, and we have just been listening to a recording interview from the Tamil Refugee Council, which was produced by Asia Pacific Current, with updates around the Tamil family who have been released from detention on Christmas Island, but are still in Perth, and Tanika has still not got a bridging visa like the rest of her family. Now we're going to be finishing the show with a song request. Uh, This is a song which has been requested to be played because of the people who are on hunger strike and have been for over two weeks who have been in the Mitre Detention Centre in Melbourne and who are now in the Northern Hospital in Epping in northern Melbourne. Um, The situation is changing day to day. Uh, The best way you could find out some updates is probably to be looking up the Refugee Action Collective, um, mainly on social media. They do get a lot of updates, and I'm sure you'll see that on social media feeds too. And when we have updates, maybe next week, we'll also be uh, letting people know about that. So we're going to be listening a song called Waiting for the Light by Nina Rose and Fran. Please have a listen. And uh, strength to all of the people who are on the hunger strike.